0: the country begin to get vaccinated and the dating world opens up, I felt really compelled to tell you about the last first date I went on. It was kind of a while ago, but still during COVID, so let's just fucking relax with my timelines, okay? We're going to call this guy Roger because after the date, he invited me back to his neighborhood. Spoiler alert, I did not go. Roger's pictures were so cute. He looked like if Screech went in one of those machines that Urkel would go in and then come out looking like Stefan or Kel. If you do not get that reference, go get a time machine and grow up in the 90s, baby. I can't help you. So to sum it up, he was a cutie patootie. He suggested this dope-ass little wine bar. The menu was great. They had outdoor seating. When I arrived, pull out those time machines, people, because this motherfucker show enough was from the future. The photos he used had been five or six years old. Wine are about two or three. Like attracts like, I guess. Still handsome. He's just a little older than I anticipated. I sit down, and he's warm. Not physically. I didn't touch him we're in a pandemic but warm in spirit the second sentence out of his mouth is you want a bottle of wine or a glass because i'm gonna get a glass i am broke sir what you're broke you picked the motherfucking restaurant in the name of jesus let the choir say amen You may think my judgment is not warranted. You may say, Rocky, he was honest with you from the jump. He said he's broke, and he laid it out on the table. No! If he was honest, he would have told me before. He picked the expensive wine bar. Having me meet him at a place with $17 rosé by the glass, I would have gone to a dive bar. I love dive bars, bitch. I'm broke, too. Next, because of COVID rules, you got to order food. Now, let's get something straight. I'm not one of these women who is shy to eat on a date. Now, we could split those ribs, my guy, but I want the last one. And sidebar, why do restaurants always give you an odd number of ribs? Are all God's creatures walking around with lopsided ass ribs? The fuck? COVID rules you have to order something to eat. So he asks, what would you like to eat? And for a split second, with his silky-ass voice and his little Bruno Mars curls, I almost forgot that he was broke. And as I'm opening my mouth to answer, he chimes right back in. I'll eat this thing, a shrimp thing, or the scallion pancake. I'm sure I made a face, cause I'm a real one. And I said, oh, um, insert fake smile. Oh, okay, scallion pancakes it is. Oh, shit. I'm really sorry, guys, if the mic picked that up. That noise was my pussy juice evaporating into the abyss. No wop over here. Then I told him because of the shrimp dish he had named that I was allergic to shrimp because I'm allergic to shrimp. If you think he cared, he didn't. He didn't acknowledge it, and he asked me if I like soccer, okay? As you can imagine, he loves soccer. One of the reasons I swiped right was because the front of his chest was ridiculous. But he talked about soccer until our waiter came over. Now, if you're following, we did not get a bottle of wine. We got a glass each. And as the food runner is dropping off our scallion pancakes, he pulls his mask down and asks the waiter if he's from Italy. The waiter, clear as day, says, no, sir, Mexico. Does Roger leave it alone there? No, he starts speaking Italian to him very badly. I know that Spanish and Italian are very similar languages, but just stop. Pull your mask up and let this man live. We order another round because I'm in it at this point. And he tells me he lived in Italy with a not so subtle wink. You don't say. When the scallion pancakes hit the table, I pulled my fork out and my share plate, and he let out a surprised, oh, oh yeah, please help yourself. Were you not present when you listed my options, bruh? Have you forgotten when you said you'd eat this, the shrimp thing, or the scallion pancakes? Why are you making it weird that we're going to share this dish? I thought that was understood by every action taken beforehand i would have ordered my own scallion pancakes had they not been 140 fucking dollars each they weren't that much but they were expensive for sure for scallion pancakes i mean i can make those at home and i do often minus the scallions it's just shaved potatoes and i kind of just fry them The date goes on and we start to talk about improv, something I've poured my soul into for over 10 years. You guessed it, gang. He was much more versed on the subject cause you betcha he was currently enrolled in virtual classes, his first one. We make it to our third round. I don't know what the hell I'm still doing at this table. Perhaps I found him intriguing. I enjoy observing people and their behavior, but you know, my preference was not to have him enter me, ever. After the third round, he asked me if I was still hungry. This felt like a leading question, and as you remember from my rib foible earlier, of fucking course I'm hungry. Then he ever so confidently says, no problem. Our waiter comes over and he orders us another round, and then he orders the shrimp dish. That's when I could hear my internal organs quietly finding their seats to my soul's funeral because your girl died inside. Before the shrimps hit the table, He grabs my hand and rubs it. I retreat, slowly. Even at four glasses, we weren't at rub my hand status during a pandemic. After you order food, you know I'm allergic to. Uh, uh, honey. When the check came, he stared in my eyes and said the sentence, I think we'd be really good at sleeping together. I swallowed my scallion pancake for the second time and I waited for him to pay, to which he then looked at me and brought back his famous wink and said, why don't we go ahead and split this. 92 goddamn dollars. Each, bitch, each. Do you think I was free after that? (laughs) Oh no, oh no, oh no, 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 no. He texted me at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time the next morning on a Saturday to ask me out again. That sound is my real vibrator. And he never makes me go Dutch. Time for the, the, rocket. Run. the. party god squad welcome to the rocky rundown where you get to learn a little bit about my week big week it was easter well i know a sunday has happened in between easter but for purposes of this recording it was easter i also got invisible liners for my teeth which hurt like a motherfucker and we lost both dmx and prince philip now i sincerely want to say Rest in peace to DMX. That man was an icon, and I have grinded too many a 14 to 19-year-old boy in my teenage years to his incredible music. Gone too soon, but not soon forgotten. Much love to DMX. Now, Prince Philip, am I the only person who just learned who he was, I thought QE was single. I'm serious, I never heard of this dude. Maybe I've been living under my name, but that was surprising to me. Moving on then. My Easter was an absolute blast. My family is so much fun. When I arrived to our socially distant outdoor Easter family shindig, my aunt greeted me with an Easter basket. So sweet, but she's not like a regular aunt. She's a cool aunt. So she said there were some 20 milligram edibles in there for me. She said, take half. I heard Swallow It Whole. Then it kicked in. And it kicked in while my brother was acting out what it would be like if the character Randall from the TV show This Is Us had a storyline where he loved Michael Jackson. And the rest of the family didn't appreciate Randall's love for Michael Jackson except his triplet sister Kate who was naturally better at the dance moves than Randall would have been. And they tried to learn the dances together as a child. And I realized that this is a very niche sentence. I was laughing so hard that I couldn't catch my breath. And tears were parading down my face. I was pleading with my brother to stop acting the scene out because I was laughing so hard that my stomach was in pain. I knew it was that edible giggle. It's just uncontrollable. And my dad was very annoyed by the whole scene. not because we were laughing but because he doesn't like to be left out of the joke ever he wants to be in on the joke he wants to be laughing with everyone but he doesn't know the show so he wasn't laughing as hard as us and he said the sentence oh man y'all losing me with that David Letterman humor which sent me into a tailspin of laughter and I'll never forget it David Letterman humor, what does that mean? That was the creme de la creme of my highest moments of the week. I have many more, but nothing can top that. Either my weed dealer is under milligramming me or this was a 200 milligram edible because there was no way this was only 20 milligrams, by the by. I'm so excited because my guest this week is Canada's own Ruthless Ravi Canna. I'm just going to say it. Ravi is officially a party god, and he's in our party god squad. Not only is he extremely edgy and cutting and ruthless like his name, he is wild, and his story proved that. His wild word was precarious, and his story was quite precarious. I would like to take a second to thank everyone who's liked, shared, and subscribed to the podcast. An extra special thanks to everyone who rated and left such positive and kind reviews. I read them all, and it really does make a difference. If you'd like to do any of those actions, you can find me on TikTok and Instagram, at Wild Nights with Rocky, on Twitter, at Wild Nights Pod, and now in your ears. So strap in and please enjoy my Wild Nights conversation with Ravi Kanna. Ravi, welcome. Thank you for doing the podcast. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. Absolutely. All the way from Canada. How are things in Canada right now?
1: Canada's Canada. You know, we're doing all right. Uh, Mm -hmm. A lot of us are still living off the government. Yes. Weed's completely legal, so you can smoke that as much as you want. Everywhere. Uh, You
0: guys have dispensaries everywhere?
1: Yeah, countrywide. It's weak shit, though. Like the dispensary stuff, like our edibles. It's not like Colorado where you can get heavy-duty shit out there. Here, they limit you to like 10 milligrams. But if you know where to go, the the gray market is good shit. Now, normally when I go on any podcast, I usually do bring gifts for the host, so I have these mushrooms and these edibles, so when I do meet you in person, remind me to hook you up with some party favors, Did if you Did you will. just
0: tell me that you have mushrooms and edibles to give me?
1: Yes, I will. When I see you, next time I'm down your way, I'll, I'll have them, uh, but I'm going to oh, enjoy these God. on your behalf, <laughs> much like an award show that you can be at. I'm going to enjoy these on your behalf, so yes. Uh-
0: cry right now. Mushrooms <laughs> and edibles are two of my favorite things. Thank you As so they should much. be. They should yes. be. Yes,
1: for sure. Thank we'll, you. We'll enjoy these someday. Yeah.
0: Anyone who knows me knows I am a big fan of psilocybin and psilocybin saving the world. So you have started off on a good foot with me. 10 milligrams, of course, by of the course. way. What the hell is anyone going to do with 10 milligrams?
1: Oh, it's 10. terrible. You got like these hipsters working at these like dispensaries, like government owned dispensaries. It's not like in California where just anyone can just, you know, if you get your license you can open up one here it's really regulated so the stuff they're selling it's all like really low dosage stuff Uh it's not gonna get anyone high dog in vancouver they're afraid of like the dogs ingesting this stuff if they happen to come across a gummy on a walk they're gonna eat it and then kids and babies and stuff obviously but these low dosages don't do anything like with me i like to do normally like a 40 50 milligram and i'm good to kind of just chill right game out whatever the actual dispenser you gotta get a whole chocolate bar and just eat the whole thing to feel anything it's horrible (laughs)
0: Well, I think slowly but surely all the states are becoming legal here. You can buy edibles from weed dealers here that are from dispensaries. So that's kind of dope.
1: Yeah, it's always bad. I always get feel bad when I run into my dealer from the hood now. And (laughs) I'm just like, hey, man, can I get some shit off you? Like the dispensaries are closed or whatever. What'll happen in Vancouver is a dispensary will open and it'll be kind of privately run. And then they'll get shut down within like a week. So then you got to go back to your dealer. And then I contact my dealer like, hey, man, can I grab some shit off you? He's like, oh, man, I'm a CPA now. I'm doing accounting. I'm like, oh, man, like they're just (laughs) running everybody out. It's terrible.
0: In the meanwhile, do my taxes. So we can both agree (laughs) that throughout Canada and the United States, whether you're buying legally or buying illegally, according to the government, it can be precarious
1: precarious is my wild word do you have a definition of precarious for the people who don't
0: my definition Are. of precarious would be kind of like a sticky sitch a sticky situation yes i'm going to
1: preface the story by saying this like much like now when you load up disney plus or Peacock in the States, you'll see a lot of messages before your favorite 90s show Mm -hmm. saying, you know, it was a different time. So the show is reflected upon that. Don't take it too seriously. I'm gonna preface my story with that. The story takes place in a different time. You know, obviously the stuff that happens in this story, it wouldn't fly so much in 2021, but I think your listeners are cool.
0: So what happened?
1: So this story takes place back in the good old days of 2015. Doesn't seem like it was that long ago, but if you think about it culture-wise and just everything that's going on in the world, it's a completely different place now, you know?
0: Absolutely. Uh,
1: So 2015 was awesome. You could pretty much do a lot, get away with a lot, say some stuff that you can't necessarily say nowadays. Back then, it was all good. You can do whatever, have a good time. So this party takes place back in the good old days of 2015, in the autumn of 2015. This is right around the time of Halloween. One of my best buddies, uh, we've been friends since elementary school, he always throws the best house parties. I don't know if you guys have a friend, or Rocky, if you have a friend who is just a house party friend, where you just know – When they have a party, you have to be there because it's going to be a shindig and a half. It's like a Gatsby party. These are the type of parties this guy would throw at his house. Just insanely fun Gatsby level parties. You know, who's who of East Vancouver would show up. Gotcha. My thing with these parties is that I always would end up there, but I would always kind of screw around with my buddy and tell him, hey man, I can't make that date. I'm out of town. I'm doing this. I got a podcast, doing a set somewhere. I can't be there. And obviously, yeah, I'm busy. And then he'll get a little disappointed. But then what I would do is I would show up at the parties as a different character. Reason for that being is that you know when you're a kid and you go to a party and like you're like six or seven and like Spider-Man shows up and the next day it's cool, everyone's talking about oh, they got to party with Spider-Man, even though it's not the real Spider-Man, it's you know, but just yeah, the those kind of people costume. that
0: would, yeah, dress up in costume. My mom used to have like Barbie come to our party, Spider-Man, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I would go usually as different wrestling characters. I know you had mm-hmm. Josh Martinez on, he's a big wrestling fan. He's talking yes. about that mm-hmm. stuff. A lot of comics I find are either closeted wrestling fans or they're just out with it. Yeah. I was
0: gonna say, I have a great Group of friends in the comedy community in New York. They call themselves the Bullet Club. So shout out to the Bullet Club. But yes. I know that. Oh, like...
1: throw up the Too Sweet to the Bullet Club out in yeah. New York. Langston uh,
0: Belvin, who
1: was on the show he's in the bullet club oh man someday wish I could be in the bullet club but it's <laughs> like a lot of wrestling fans there are like at comedy guys they're either closeted or they're out with it I'm right. loud and proud with my wrestling fandom you know 10 years ago I'd kind of hide it but now it's like yeah whatever what I got to hide the times okay. are different now people are more accepting uh I'd show up as different wrestling characters so one year I'll send you these maybe you could throw them up but this was would me that. as Ric Flair yeah that was me as Ric Flair one year oh wow so you went all out boy. yeah oh I designed the costumes myself I'm also a big Simpsons fan this is a deep cut Simpsons reference. Uh, this was Bang Bang Bart, so. Okay. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that one was wow. Bart when he was a, could it either be the Supreme Court justice or male stripper, and yes. he was a male stripper. For this particular party, I wanted to go all out because it was a big event for us, big evening. I think he was turning 25, so I told him, I'm not going to be there, I'm sorry. But then I decided to go all out with the costume. I went as Razor Ramon, Scott Hall, who in my opinion is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Okay. And this was the costume, this was from the night of, a little uh, photo grid there, just so I designed the jacket, Fabulous. the shorts, all that stuff. So I show up at the party, people go ape shit. They're like, oh, man. Ravi's here. He's, he's, this is going to be a crazy night. Now, here's the thing as well. Like there was a time in, in Vancouver history, you know, we talk about dynasties a lot and, and, you know, in, in the States, you know, you've got the Chicago Bills of the nineties, a dynasty, the New York Yankees, a dynasty, you know, there's, there's dynasties, the Patriots dynasty. Yeah. There was a time from like 2010 to about early 2020, where I was the dynasty of like the party animal guy. You know, I was just (laughs) the the guy, guy. there was a party happening. And unfortunately, like, yeah, I was just that guy. And it was a role that I took very seriously. I was like the poet laureate, you know, like I would show up. and just get fucked up at all these parties. So when it to wrestling, I was like the Mick Foley of partying. You know, a lot wow. of people would call me that where Mankind Mick Foley would just destroy his body in these wrestling matches, you know, getting thrown through thumbtacks and tables. I was doing that on a party level, damaging my body with drugs and alcohol, right? <laughs> the time people ask me like Reddit, what's your biggest regret in life? To this day, it's that I'll never know and get to experience what it's like to walk into a house party and party with me, you know? And it kills me every day. It murders me on the inside. That I never get to experience. That my fiance says it's not that great, but the boys, they're but like, yo, still that was you. those days. I know, right? Oh man, yeah, she's a trooper. Good, good on her. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like the kind of thing I'm living up to, where it got to a point where every party that would pass, I would try to outdo myself and do another crazy jackass style stunt or whatever right gotcha yeah so i'm at this party and everyone's kind of at a already a very high expectations are high they're expecting something crazy to happen mm-hmm. right and you um, said you're
0: not going to this party
1: they weren't even expecting me they were just right. like oh man i thought this guy was out of town like i even posted snapchat to me at the airport with the passport yeah. so people are like oh Ravi's out of town he's not gonna be yeah. here that sucks and i show up lo and behold and the thing is too i in wrestling there's a term called kayfabe I don't know if you know what this is, but kayfabe is basically, kayfabe is when you don't break character. So if you're a bad guy in wrestling at heel, you're not going to be seen fraternizing with a good guy, you know, because you want to stay in character. It's more of like an 80s, 90s thing that kind of nowadays it's all open, but I wasn't breaking kayfabe, you know, just for the love of the game. So I'm staying in character, you know, I'm I'm, I'm doing the yo chico. Yeah, I'm going a chico the bad guy. I'm doing the taunts. I'm, I'm, I got the toothpick, you know, the whole Scott Hall razor bone mm-hmm. thing. And I'm partying like Scott Hall probably would have been partying in his day, you know, with the drugs and alcohol. I'm out here and I'm, I'm doing my whole thing. Now, I don't know if you've ever been to a medieval times ever. You ever go to a medieval times dinner and tournament?
0: You know, there's one that's not too far away in Jersey, but I have not been there. I also want to ask one question before you get into the medieval times thing. Yeah. This night you said drugs and alcohol. Everybody knows what alcohol is, but there's different kinds of party drugs. You've got my you've got coke you've got mushrooms if that's the route you want to go down can you say what drugs you were doing
1: all of the above other than needle drugs I will say I'll okay. get into what I what I've done this night got wild a little okay. bit so go back to medieval times now medieval times is like a fun like It's basically like a restaurant where you go to and they're they're doing like jousting and a bunch of medieval shit, right? Yeah, no forks and
0: knives.
1: Yeah, but they got Pepsi, which is weird. Anyways, but (laughs) like they got, don't make any sense. Anyways, it's great. You get to eat with your hands. They give you a big piece of chicken. It's like old school, right? So everyone's having a good time. I'm in medieval times. And I noticed in their gift shop, they got a bunch of fun little souvenirs. My buddy who was throwing the party as a joke when we were in Anaheim, just at Disneyland and all that stuff in LA. Mm -hmm. And he goes to the gift shop and he sees the shot glass here. Now this is like an eight ounce shot glass. It's a very tall shot glass, so right? It's a double, and
0: probably, right? A little bit more than
1: I think it was about eight shots. Oh, eight ounce, eight? like it's an eight ounce, whatever. Yeah. As you go up on the levels, it goes to like the one shot would be a page, and then you go squire, then knight, then lord marshal, then king oh, at the top, right?
0: Gotcha. So
1: it's a big shot. My buddy bought this, and I was like, no one's ever going to have any of those. And we laughed it off. And he's like, that's mm-hmm. yeah, three bucks. I'll buy it. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that over the next eight years, it would become my official party cup at all these parties, <laughs> right? In Vancouver, I don't know what it's like. What well, y'all drink it on the East Coast? But in Vancouver, the drink of choice of uh Southeast Asians or dippers, as mm-hmm. we like to be called, okay. uh, or Indian guys, is Crown Royal. So, okay, right. That's the whiskey of choice. I know on the East Coast. I got some cousins out in Toronto and Brampton and, and, and New York and Chicago. They they only fuck with the Johnny Walker, double. Okay. Black. We fuck with Crown Royal, that's our thing out here. So we would pour full shot, full glasses of this Crown Royal, and I would proceed to then just drink these shots, right? Okay, in one go, just getting destroyed. You're so a beast. in less than wow. like less than 10 seconds, I'm taking down the this shot here we'll play a little bit of audio here of this wow yeah i get there and just to start the party up because i show up late when you show up late you got to catch up they all claim like hey we're eight drinks in and i'm like all right pour me two king shots so i walk in and i do a 16 ounce shot of these two king shots so i'm taking about a quarter bottle of this 60 of Crown. I'm drinking about a quarter of that in less than five minutes, right? Wow, that's so That's a like lot. 16 shots right into you. It gets the party going. It gets the people going. Everyone's riled up. Cheer it's going to be on. a good night. You know? Yeah. And that's the thing, man. Like, a lot of times it's just for the crowd. You know, mm-hmm. you're I'm like, why am I doing this? But then it's like, hey, eh, you know, everyone's having a good time. It's no damage to me. I'll be fine. You're an entertainer. So yes, exactly. So I'm, you know, make sure everyone has a good time. Now at these parties, like I said, kind of like a Gatsby party. There's a who's who will show up, and you don't necessarily know these people. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, the core group of like 20 that you know and you fuck with. But then yeah. there's a bunch of outsiders who you don't necessarily know. You know, they're his buddies from the gym, his cousins, whatever, right? Whatever, you don't know yeah. these people. I start chatting up some guy. He starts talking to me. He's like, "What do you do?" I'm like, oh, "I do stand up, do comedy, whatever." Kind of breaking character a little, you know. The drinks yeah. are getting to me, and uh, we're talking in and, and he goes, Hey, you want to do a shot? Yeah, dude, I'll do a shot with you. He's like, I only do vodka. I'm like, no problem, dude. I'll drink vodka. Let's go. Okay. So pours me a regular shot of vodka. I notice him kind of pouring it, you know, but I'm talking to other people. I'm not really paying attention. This guy comes back with the shot, hands it off to me. It's a nice Ciroc, you know? So he has me okay. the Ciroc because I get Ciroc, bro. I'm awesome. I love Ciroc. I'll fuck with that. Mm-hmm. Take the shot back and uh tasted kind of powdery. I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, what flavor is that? Because Ciroc has all these flavors. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. A coconut? He's like, little bit. I'm like, what? Because I, I put some molly in there for you. <gasps> and I'm like, now I don't fuck with molly too often. Like, I do, I got a bunch of buddies who will do molly, but they'll drink water with it. They'll stay hydrated, right?
0: You got with you. me,
1: I'm a big time alcoholic. Yeah, I know. I don't drink water, though. I just can't. <laughs> like, fish fucking it. I, I don't want to get into it. So I just don't drink water on the, on the regs, you know? Uh-huh. So... This guy hands me this, and I'm like Molly. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Like, how much did you put in there? He's like, bro, you'll be fine. Just enjoy yourself, man. You, you haven't been drinking that much. I'm like, dude, I just did two fucking big ass shots there. I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna be fucked in like a half hour. Yeah. He's like, oh, I didn't know that, man. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, dude. All right, don't worry, it's cool. So now I'm kind of getting into my head a little bit. I'm trying to no sell the fact that I'm kind of shook right now. Yeah. Because I don't know how the Molly's gonna, Because I've only done Molly up to this point a couple of times. I was going uh, to ask
0: how many times that you had done Molly before, and I assume both those times were planned.
1: Uh, yeah like they'd be like hey we're going to a rave so there's like they do a bunch of raves and stuff mm-hmm. back in the day here so i'd go to those and they were fun like so you know you're gonna do molly though and you'd stay hydrated have a little drink but not a lot yeah, enough yeah, yeah. to sustain yourself so I, I always had some decent experiences there was another time where i would just black out because i just drank so much so mm-hmm. i just ended up blacking out a lot off, off of molly so i just tried not to fuck with it too much i would do okay. like all the other party drugs but mm-hmm. molly i kind of avoided and it was really popular that 2010s there it was the uh so popular. i was just like still popping yeah <laughs> still going here we like because it's so it's, everything else is so accessible here like mm-hmm. we can just get shrooms yep they have dispensaries for shrooms here so i'm kind of tripping out i'm like oh man so then i run to my buddy everyone in vancouver claims to be a weed aficionado everyone's mm-hmm. got their own strains everyone's rolling everyone's got their own pipes and their own vapes and everything so yeah. i go outside to the weed center guys i need something here buddy has me the volcano i don't know if you ever hit the volcano
0: is it a ball?
1: like yeah well the volcano is just like the bag where they just put the weed in that and you really inhale it it gets you fucked up yeah get a <laughs> volcano you can get them off ebay for like 80 bucks they're awesome (laughs) so i hit that i'm like right, cool this will mellow me out this will kind of bring me back down i'm gonna be good and then buddy shows up with the edibles and he's like yo man do some edibles i'm like you know what just give me like 15 milligrams right now i'll Mm -hmm. I'll be all right with 15. so now i got a nice cocktail of drugs and alcohol going on i'm feeling pretty decent right Mm -hmm. i start feeling good i start talking to some people there's some strangers there now when i talk about the precariousness of the situation now it's not just me that was in a precarious situation it was drunk me putting other people in precarious situations as well. Because then I just kind of started roasting the room, which uh, is fun. Picking on people and just like, I was just doing crowd work at this point. I'm holding court out there on the Kind of freestyle, just going off on people there, you know? And it's fun. Everyone's having a good laugh. But there are some people, when people don't know you, people know me like as the character or like the guy. Like, ah, it's just Ravi. He's doing his thing. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. It's all, we're, we're just having a good time. Just having a laugh. But when there's people who are new to a situation and they're already kind of feeling uncomfortable, kind of feeling out of place, it's not a good idea to roast them. Especially when they don't know that you're a comic you know or that you're roasting just as a fun thing to get the crowd going
0: you haven't built up a trust yeah either. a
1: trust or a rapport and i was a younger guy at the time so i was just like ah you know everyone's down for this i'm just gonna to a point i don't know i must have said something that triggered somebody and okay. the next thing i know my phone is gone don't have my phone on me i can't find my iphone and i'm like oh no
0: mm. my
1: phone's gone and i'm kind of like and everyone thinks i'm joking they're like ah yeah it'll, it'll turn up it'll turn up so i'm paranoid off the the coke and the molly and, and the weed and i'm like Which one of you motherfuckers took my phone? I know one of you guys has my phone. The thing is with that, like with most comics now, I don't, I-, I never had like the notebook. I would always just store my stuff in my phone. All my notes are in there. All my bits are in there. All my sets. So I'm kind of freaking out. Yeah. And I'm like, I need this phone. I don't have it backed up. I, I got to find this phone. And I'm just like getting Coke anxiety now, you know, where I'm just like paranoid the fuck out of my mind. And I'm like, who has my phone? Who has-? I'm literally going up to everyone at this party. And everyone knows me 10 minutes ago as like the guy who was just partying, having a great time. And now I'm just paranoid in their face. Like, where's my phone? You know, I'm like just a scary brown guy just up in their face. Okay. So people are all like, oh man, Ravi, your phone will turn off. So- kind of some people are helping some people aren't to add to the precariousness of the situation i had some nudes on the phone of myself oh
0: okay naturally Uh,
1: like yeah and it wasn't yeah i know and it wasn't and there were nudes for my girlfriend They weren't just nudes i was just sending out unsolicited i was just in these nudes because a lot of them i'd send to her as like a joke like Hmm. hey here's my cock and here's me like good morning like just (laughs) you know joke stuff it was it was the early 2000s or early 2010s not that I had a problem with it but I'm like I'm in these photos probably not a good idea to have them out there so now I'm like tripping out even more and I'm like all right where's my phone where's my phone my buddies at the party were like Ravi you're off base here you gotta go and I'm like oh i've been kicked out of fancier parties than this so i kind of mouth everybody off I'm, and everyone's still kind of laughing because they think i'm joking to a point i was but i was still pretty pissed off about not you having my phone mm-hmm. i was mad but like these people don't see me mad i don't usually get mad i'm very chill obviously but i'm just like i was mad so i'm like i'll oh, fuck you guys i'll go to a better party i don't need this I, I, i've been kicked out of better places than this i'm on my rick james level to that level of, of habitually line stepping i had stepped over the line And I had to go. I knew that. I recognize this. This is before Uber, so I had to wait for a cab to come pick me up. So I'm waiting outside. Cab grabs me, drives me home. I'm steaming. I'm mad. Mm -hmm. But I get home. I'm like, you know what? The phone will turn up. These guys are just fucking around. Whatever. I get home. Nobody's home because everybody else is at parties. It's the weekend. Autumn time. There's a lot of Indo-Canadian community. There's a lot of parties.
0: Yeah, you're in your mid-twenties. Yeah, we're all out. Yeah, Yeah. we're all out.
1: My brothers are out. My parents are out. No one's home. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna go pass out. I'm gonna hit the bed. And I was to the point of exhaustion where I knew when I hit that bed, I was gonna be out for twelve. 14 hours it like it was hard. one of those right mm-hmm. and now here's a little tip a little life hack if you will in the winter time in the autumn it gets a little cold wow. so in the wintertime I like to wear my night clothes hot out of the dryer mm-hmm. and in the wintertime I usually just rock a pair of basketball shorts like a, just a wrestling t-shirt yeah you know, yeah, yeah I yeah. wear that to bed so I like to go home and I put it in the dryer so I have the dryer set already I turn it on now I'm in the in the laundry room just waiting for my 10 minutes for this to surpass I'm waiting I'm waiting as I'm waiting there I'm like well I should probably take some of this costume off so I was wearing like one of those muscle tops, you know, like the Mm -hmm. costume. Now I'm just wearing the Razor Ramon vest. So I'm just rocking that, nothing else underneath. The shorts I was wearing, I sewed it myself with the razor on the back and the little razors on it. I sewed all that. These were like swimming shorts though, originally. Okay. And with guys, the swimming trunks, they have the underwear mesh. So I was kind of rocking at commando that night. I was like, ah, this is the shorts I have underwear. Why am I, I going to double up here? Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. I pull the shorts off. You know, the Molly, I don't know if it was from the Molly or the coldness. I, there was just nothing there. Mm-hmm. I was just there and it was really inside me at this point. So I'm like, ah, right, you know what? I'm just going to let it hang here. So I, I take it off and I'm just standing there now in just a bare vest, just the vest. That's it. Yeah, I'm at like three minutes on the dryer. I'm like, all right, this is probably hot enough. Next thing I know, I hit the ground, blackout. Thank God for quarantine because I really slimmed down a little bit. Like I was was always kind of a bigger guy, I was kind of a chubster, but I slimmed down a bit because I just haven't been partying. There's been no parties to go to. So Mm -hmm. because of that, no drinking, no partying, no joy, I've kind of settled down a little. But during this time, I was a little heavier. I was around like 230, you know, Mm -hmm. I was a big boy. I hit the ground. Ceramic tile, loud bang. Now, when you're blacked out, and for those who haven't been blacked out before, I welcome everybody to try to get blacked out every now and then. You have to. Yeah. It's a good reset, you know? Yeah. So it's I a hit good the reminder. ground and the reminder that you're human and this shit can catch up to you, right? Yes, yes. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, goddamn, I'm on the ground. And now when I black out, I'm still kind of alert. I know what's happening around me, but I can't make sounds or move. And I got really bad cotton mouth at this point. Uh-huh. So I'm like, well, fuck. I guess I'm just going to stay here until someone gets me. All of a sudden, I hear someone coming down the stairs oh shit somebody's home but one of my brothers was at this party with me okay my other brother was at another party my younger brother must have gotten home before me somehow but he was still at the party so it didn't make any sense then i remembered that my older brother had gotten married a couple of weeks before this his (laughs) wife had moved in with us i was fucked up at the time okay i was really fine by the seat of my pants so my sister-in-law lovely lady is living with us now right and that's uh, the indo-canadian culture that's kind of what happens the eldest will get married and then his wife will move in with the family okay this is a transition period kind of get yeah, set yeah, yeah. to life with that you know you get to know the family a little it's a little thing we do so she's living with us she comes from a very sheltered life classically punjabi growing up in that cultural traditional sense you know which Whole is great more wholesome so she, so more wholesome definitely 100 yeah mm-hmm. she's just used to a certain way of people living and whatever she comes from like a very good family where everyone talks to each other how was your day mm-hmm. like really danny tanner like wholesome shit yeah my family's not like that at all nobody talks to each other we just hate each other it's like towards the end of big brother you know when you're all oh, there like big five people left and the house and <laughs> they all hate each other and you're like god i hate fucking this guy so badly so she's already kind of feeling shell-shocked out of place she's very homesick yeah. and now she hears someone like a loud bang i hear her on her phone she's calling my brother like hey i'm really scared i'm home alone i think someone's trying to break into the house i just heard a loud commotion downstairs i, I don't know what to do and i hear my brother going like well just go check it out maybe it's one of the bros yeah, yeah no yeah. one's gonna break into the house like we're it's fine and she's like i don't know i'm very scared like and she's freaking out she walks in and sees me and i'm blacked out with my ass up Mm. so I'm just face down ass up and she's like oh my god it's Ravi I think he had a heart attack and now granted okay I was like a bigger guy but 230's not that big like I'm not gonna have a heart attack at 24 yo I'm like I'm so I'm trying to alert her that I'm okay just leave me be pretend you didn't see any of this and go away but she's got a caring gene in her she cares Mm. so she's like oh my god I don't know what to do and she's freaking out having a panic attack yeah and I'm just there and I'm trying to tell her like hey it's good I'm trying to communicate but I can't open my eyes or I just can just make kind of muffled noises which is not probably helping your case not at all not at all so she's freaking out she thinks I'm dead or dying this is my magic magic.
0: oh
1: we're recording okay cool cool okay cool let's just roll with it google cool What's up, guys? My name is Jason, and I'm one of the hosts for a podcast called Cup to Cup. And to save you all some time, I figured I'd shorten this plug to 10 words. Florida man meets dad life with interactive games, tournament brackets, and wild guests. Okay, that was 13. My bad. Check out Cup to Cup on any podcast app, search Cup to Cup, or follow us on social at Cup to Cup Show. And thanks for the plug, Rocky she's not used to people doing drugs and this and yeah. this kind of stuff my brother I hear him kind of freaking out as well and he's like Well, he's used to me being me and doing my thing at the time and so he's like okay well just kind of tap him he'll be okay just tap him check his pulse and she's like I don't know I'm freaking out it was like a real like 9 call like when you see people like yeah, calling yeah. and so she's freaking out I'm like god damn it I'm fine don't worry so she kind of kicks me a little like kind of soft touch
0: uh-huh. and it's enough
1: for me not to respond but to roll over oh, so now I'm ass down but I know I know and I felt so bad for her I know what's going on with me like whether it's the touch or whatever but i feel myself kind of plumping up down there a little bit you oh know it's god. hard to talk about it now but like she's freaking out she's like oh my god he's naked And my brother's like, what do you mean he's naked? Why is my brother naked in front of you? What's happening? There's like no video calling at this time. So he's freaking out. Like, what do you mean he's naked? What's happening? He thinks I'm trying to accost her or something. I don't know. I'm passed out. And I'm kind of like there. And she's like, I don't know. I think he's blacked out. I don't know. I'm able to let out the words, I'm fine. Like, I'm okay. And she's like, I don't know what to do. So she calls. My girlfriend at the time, now my fiance to come over. My girlfriend wasn't at the party. She's not a big partier. She's more academic. She's really smart. Mm-hmm. Obviously not by choosing me. I don't know what happened, but anyways, she shows up. All she does is just kind of taps me on the shoulder and I look at her. I'm like, Hey, what's up? Where am I? And she's like, I don't know, you must have blacked out. You're in your laundry room. I'm like, oh yeah. Can you walk? Yeah, I'm good. It's like, all right, go to bed. I'm like, cool. I get up and all I'm wearing is the vest. I totally forget about my clothes in the dryer. Yeah. I just kind of wrap the vest around, which isn't really much covering. It's still kind of there. <laughs> and I just walk. And her friend, she was having dinner with her friend at the time and one of her girlfriends. And she's waiting in the front entrance. Oh, hey, what's up? I haven't seen you forever. I go give her a drunk naked hug. And she's like, All right, not none yeah. of that. All right, cool. Like, yeah. good stuff. So I go pass out. Now the next day, obviously, it's it's gangbusters Everybody one's talking about me I wake up to a litany of text messages and phone calls and all this shit
0: when did you get your phone back I had
1: it with me the whole time (laughs) (laughs) and now this is the thing I felt so bad what I had done is I had put it in my sock of my outfit because I was wearing like wrestling boots right Mm. as a part of the costume right I had it in there so now I'm like oh my phone's here you know when you wake up and you're trying to piece together the night and Often, so you're looking yeah. at Snapchat and like <laughs> the Snapchats are lit for like a couple of hours and then there's nothing after that. Communication had ended. God damn it. What the hell? I look at my phone. And it's just a litany of messages like, are you alive? Other people were messaging RIP Ravi. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're being jokingly or real, but I really fucked up last night. So I call my buddy. I'm like, hey, man, I'm really sorry right. if I fucked up. He's like, oh, bro, you were the man last night. I'm like, was I? He's like, oh, dude, you were the life of the party. And I'm like, didn't I freak out at all? You guys like, yeah, I thought it was a bit. Yes. A bit, it was a bit totally. I was just joking around. Oh, yeah, dude, you're the man, dude. I was awesome. Good times. And I'm like, all right, if we're cool, we're good. So good. Problem solved there. One fire is put out. I call my girl. I'm like, "Hey, you good?" She's like, "No, you need to apologize to her, to to this person, to this person. Like, you were out of line, all this." I'm like, "Hey, you know what? My bad. I'll do that stuff. All good." So I do that. My sister-in-law, though, obviously, is still a little shell shocked, right? Cause she sees her young brother-in-law very vulnerable, naked, which you never want to see, and you know, kind of overweight naked is never good. Like, it's not like I'm Zac Efron naked, where it's like, "Wow, this guy looking good." I wasn't looking too good, you know. It where maybe like, wasn't, yeah.
0: Her cup of tea. No, not I
1: mean, she might be into that. She might be, but now from a real. And the reaction of others, they were not. My brothers thought it was, it was hilarious. They were laughing, yeah, yeah, they were yeah. dying. My sister-in-law, not so much, and she told my mom, which uh, I'm not super tight with my mom. I don't talk to her. My mom okay. doesn't really say too much to me. Okay. But she was on my ass for this one. What the hell is the matter with you? And I'm like, hey, my bad, you know? And she's like, what happened? I'm like, I just drank too much. Obviously, mean, you don't right, want to yeah. tell your mom you're doing shrooms and mush, and, and and you're getting dosed with fucking Molly. And so I was just like, hey, you know what? I drank too much. I got fucked up. She's like, yeah. okay, fair enough. It happens as long as you're okay. That's fine. My sister-in-law. Was is shell-shocked she's telling everyone like oh man ravi came home drunk he was naked whatever and some people are telling me like yo did you really show up at home naked in front of her like just i'm like i blacked out naked okay there's these stories <laughs> it's or whatever. a very different yeah and in my sister-in-law's defense i think she was so shell-shocked because it was the first time she got to see what a real man looked like
0: wow and, that's, and that
1: is <laughs> the wild precarious situation where she was also put in a precarious situation wow and, uh, you
0: came for your brother <laughs> You ended with coming. Well, let's brothers. not say I came, because that's gonna
1: just spread some <laughs> more <rumors laughs> That's now. a whole different. That's <laughs> a
0: whole different. I was at half
1: mass I think we're we're closer because of it. We still bring it up every now and then. And you can uh, have a laugh about just, it. Yeah, we laugh about it now, and you know at the time it was it's still funny. Like my brother, I tell this story, and he just dies every time. Yeah. He's like my younger brother was at the same party. He got to see the progression of the night and the ebbs and flow of, of how it happened. You know, like people ask me, they're like, "Do you ever regret?" Because I've settled down. Like people are like, "Yo, you're gonna be able to party the way you partied when quarantine and lockdown's over." I'm like. I don't know. I don't know if I have it in me anymore. You know, I'm like. I, I don't know if I can do it anymore, to be honest with you. I look back on these days, though, and these nights, and it's like, well, do you regret any of it? You know what? No. To quote the great Canadian philosopher Aubrey Graham, everybody dies, but not everybody lives. <laughs> and, and another quote from the great Aubrey Graham, Canadian philosopher, is, uh, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. I tried to live like that for a long time. I'm glad. I got the stories.
0: Well, I think one of my favorite quotes by him is, everybody get your motherfucking roll on. There you go. <laughs> it was
1: a great. In America, you guys probably know him as Drake.
0: I wasn't going to give it away. Yeah. I was going gonna- to gonna say if anybody doesn't know who that is do yourself a favor it's the man the myth the legend drizzy driz he's got
1: a little bit of a career going for himself now i think he's doing okay he's
0: all right he's all right so that was great that was a wild story that seems like a really fun party to go to to have been at now this friend that threw the party yes when this is all over do you think they will throw more parties like that or are they kind of winding down too
1: everyone's kind of getting engaged and married now right. so it's like to a point your time comes and goes you know and I yeah. feel like we're at that end kind of period but then I look at older guys like the uncles and stuff mm-hmm. and they're still partying pretty hard because yeah. I think what it gets to now at, at, at our age is like Especially with like with doing comedy, it's like every night is a party. Yes, I'm producing a lot of these shows, so Uh it's like I can't really get too fucked up or drink Mm -hmm. a lot or whatever, right? Like I'll smoke some weed in between sets or whatever when I'm hosting, but I'm not doing like these king shots. I'm not getting like destroyed every night, you know. And I don't know if I'm gonna go back to that. I've kind of switched over to just edibles now, and and I'll still tell stories and have a good time, but it's different. I think at at my age, you know, I can't put my body through it. Hangovers hit
0: different in your thirties.
1: They do, and and that's the thing with the Southeast Asian culture, like Indian culture. Mm -hmm. We don't have a word for hangover really doesn't exist we just don't yeah it's not a thing because a lot of us, you wake up and you just keep the party going, especially if it's a wedding. Oh. I don't know if you've ever been to like an Indian wedding, Rocky, have you ever? Yeah. I've
0: been to a Bengali wedding. Sure, same, 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 okay. but different. Yes, you know? yes, yes, i like a wedding. week
1: long, yeah, they're like week long spectacles, you know, where mm-hmm. there's a different event every night. And a lot of these are for the women. Like, you know, they do like the henna party, they mm-hmm. do like the dance party. There's a bunch of this stuff. And then there's like a wedding reception, whatever. So you're drinking this entire week, drinking for us. It's just such a cultural thing. It's just what we do. It's just so culturally acceptable from such a young age, just binge drink like that. Yeah. And you don't think about it. And now there's terms for all this stuff where I'm like, uncle, you shouldn't binge drink that much. Don't you got to drive? <laughs> He's like, I'm fine. Don't worry. It's good. Oh, no. All right, man. Whatever you want to do. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Your call, man. When I was growing up, I got to have all these drunk uncles who were just real party animals, you know, like wild shit would happen. Like even yeah. back then, like in the 80s, like we thought the 90s and 2000s were crazy. The 80s and 70s, like I'll watch old like Betamax videos mm-hmm. of like like half of my family's Fijian. my mom's from fiji my dad's from india the okay. same but different my fiji side is just hardcore partiers you know because yeah. they're really influenced by like just hip-hop and just culture like like a lot of black culture there right so uh-huh. they're just partying on a different level like there's a video of my uncle and he's djing and i'm like who the hell is that guy He's just got a big like afro and i'm like who's that like oh that's your uncle mike and i'm like oh shit and he's got his crates of dj equipment and he's djing and i'm like oh i didn't know he dj and then the next thing the scene cut and then it's in the parking lot and he's just shit kicking some small fijian guy and i'm like oh, whoa what's God. What's happening there oh my mom's like oh this guy came to canada and then he stole decided to steal your uncle's records crate one of them right because you'd show up to a party back then when you're DJing
0: with, a bunch like, of them for
1: milk cartons of like records like a milk crate right yeah because records so have like two songs
0: to... on each side
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah <the laughs> and you got to mix and it's not like now you put an ipod with spotify on yeah you get yeah, to go. You're done yeah back then it was it was an art form to it. Mm-hmm. so my uncle just shit kicking this dude this small Fijian guy oh man i'm like you guys are wild back then yeah so it's just i like the fact that like my nephews and nieces now kind of get to see me as that guy now like i've kind of taken that drunk party uncle championship it's a title that to a lot of people doesn't mean anything but to me i mean it's like the stone cutters from the simpsons it still means something you know yeah well it, it really shouldn't we, we should probably do away with these kind of institutions and whatnot but honestly i mean i think it needs to exist you know just to let these kids know that we were partying you know and we knew how to party every generation will say well we were partyers, not you guys don't know how to party we party there, i feel like there's going to be a weird disconnect amongst people where it's like Parties are just going to be different. It's going to be... Uh...
0: Parties are ever-evolving. And I think about when I was 16, 17, partying with my high school friends. Yeah, we had those cameras that you just snap and you have to go get developed. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone had a cell phone. That was a thing. But the pictures on the cell phone, it was not really a big thing. If you had a picture on your cell phone, it was just... You weren't uploading. It was very... Yeah, dumb, you, look you, know? like
1: a, you look like a CJ from San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto for PS2. Very pixelated. Like very pixelated, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's So...
0: I know that there were a lot of nights where I would party and drink with my friends and I think about the things we were doing and the way we were behaving and the way we may have like physically looked because nobody really cared about makeup and contouring and curling your yeah. hair and stuff so I'm glad for my sake and my friend's sake that we didn't have this social media culture but <laughs> I still got to experience having a cell phone and that kind of up and up but yeah it is a very yeah. different party culture but every generation adjusts we might look at them like oh they don't don't even know what they're missing just like the way Lame, older yeah. people yeah look at us and say oh they don't know what they're missing so that's going to be a continuous thing but drinking drugs unfortunately and fortunately neither of those things are going away they've been here since the dawn of time and they ain't going anywhere so either experience it responsibly or experience it not responsibly they're not going anywhere i say yeah. um i'm telling people as a listener of the podcast do it responsibly but i can't always say that i have <laughs>
1: Yeah, know your limit play within it you know that's that's all it is that's all you gotta do as long as you know your limit stay within it have a good time and there'll be other people telling you you might want to slow down you're going too fast and I'm like yeah, no such things
0: everyone has to learn their own journey there is one thing you said that I want to go back to before we wrap up you were saying and I really agree with you on this comedy culture is a party and that was one of the things I loved I you know I've done improv for years and one of the things that was great about the shows is after the shows everybody having a drink together everybody smoking a little weed together, or even if you're not drinking or smoking weed, just being in that circle of of laughs and people roasting each other, it's really not like anything else. So what do you kind of see for the Canadian comedy scene once everything's back open and people are comfortable hanging?
1: Yeah, I think things are gonna go back to normal. You know, <laughs> I can't do the zoom shows. A lot of people yeah. are trying with the zoom shows. Right. It's not comedy. It's, it's co- live comedy. It needs to be underground. The best nights of comedy I've had, the small rooms of like thirty five to fifty where it's intimate when you know you're in a room and it's dark and there's things that are gonna get said where you're like, all right, yeah, you know shouldn't really be saying these things like we get it and we're just all in on it you know a lot of times sometimes people aren't with vancouver as well there's a i think we're moving to a point now where cancel culture and because it's a big thing with comedy it's like cancel culture yes I agree there's things just with the times changing and whatnot there's things you shouldn't be allowed to say like there's a difference between hate speech and a comedic point of view Mm -hmm. right obviously hate speech shouldn't be allowed as a producer of shows when we hear that shit it's like hey come on like get out of here like we'll we'll talk we'll have a conversation about we have to you know especially in Vancouver it's more of a politically correct kind of city you got to kind of keep it above par right but when it comes to comedy at the same time with the stage it's sacred ground we're up there to Explore these ideas and and these things that you're not necessarily supposed to talk about these taboo subjects when you can approach it in a creative way and make people think a different way like it's different than just going up there and just pulling a kramer where that's mm-hmm. not acceptable anywhere and Absolutely it shouldn't be mm-hmm. or if you're up there and exploring a tough topic and exploring it in a different like especially with me like like being an indo-canadian indian guy in vancouver like vancouver's such a melting pot canada's such a melting pot of cultures and i talk a lot about different cultures different religions mm-hmm. different like a lot of taboo subjects but i don't know if it's for whatever reason not that i'm saying i want to get i get away with it but i feel like there's a little leniency there with me you know where i'll go up there and do my thing and it's not fair i mean i get it it shouldn't be like that but it's the way you approach it too if you go up there all cocky no one's gonna fuck with that i kind of approach it chill laid back humbleness like Mm -hmm. that's what i say like the habitual line stepper i look for the line and i know the line's there and i'm just kind of diddle-daddling around it you know like that's the game you can say whatever you want to say but at the same time there's personal responsibility where it's like that if you're gonna walk that line don't fall off. You and know? be ready and, for and whatever I, yeah.
0: repercussions by testing those waters and testing those lines. You have to be ready for whatever repercussions may come your way. What I think I'm seeing a lot of now, uh, especially in the States, are comedians who are canceled. Then they just come back. People are getting canceled so much that they hide for six to eight months and then pop back up. It's a dangerous road and uh, dangerous waters to navigate, but it's also comedy is so worth it and so necessary that people have to navigate those waters.
1: People ask me, what's the best drug you've ever done?
0: It's comedy. As as corny
1: as it is to say, it is such a drug. The fact that what we do what we do to make a room full of strangers laugh, a lot of comedy's first impressions, like people just see you, they're like, oh, this person doesn't look funny. This person's going to suck. And then when you're able to go up there and just turn the crowd and Like what I like to do is I like to get the crowd on my side. And then I like to lose the crowd and then bring them back. <laughs> it's the best feeling where people are like, man, I don't want to like this guy, but oh, there's something, you know, like it's charming, it's whatever, it's stupid, but yeah. it's the best drug there is to do. Sometimes, like I, after shows, I always go stand outside, have a smoke or whatever, just to give people the opportunity that if they had a problem with anything I said to come up and talk to me. And then they see like within 10 seconds, like, oh, it's a character. That's why I do like the Ruthless Ravi Cannon thing. People are like, oh, uh-huh. what's up with the Ruthless? It ties into the wrestling thing a bit. Like I'm a huge wrestling fan, so I like having a yeah. the gimmick there. It kind of... Let's people differentiate like oh there's Ravi canna and then there's ruthless Ravi canna where it's like oh it's a stage thing okay i get it fine yeah people are taking pictures getting your instagram getting your snapchat it's all fun and then you're just at 3 a.m in your car on the highway driving home and you're like what the fuck am i doing listen to some sad johnny cash or whatever it is yeah. god, god like, what i really do walk this? the line <laughs> yeah yeah i do i'm like because oh,
0: you're mine <laughs> <Walk> <laughs> the line. yeah
1: it's uh it's the best thing i never want to stop doing it now like all the clubs are shutting down in they're vancouver, shutting down right? yeah a lot
0: of them here because of rent
1: in like vancouver it's like San Fran, where just it's the rent is just insane. We're lucky we have like five different venues that we do shows out of, and they're all like they feel like comedy clubs when we start up again like we're ready to run hit the ground running people are craving live live stuff things are going to come back texas is just blowing up right now with the comedy so
0: while we're digital where can everybody find you online give us some plugs this
1: is where i shine uh for <laughs> plugs if you'd like to see more or hear more of what i do
0: here because i think people hear
1: about canadian comedy and they're like ah canadian comedy sucks like whatever like i guess shits creek agree. is like our number one thing yeah no there's a lot of great canadian comedy there, there really is, is. is. But most I think people's people heroes have-
0: are com- canadian comedians jim carrey for and sure. like myers for me, yeah yeah
1: russell peterson for me is like my guy it's a lot of fun like mm-hmm. you know I, I feel like we kind of get away with a little bit more just because we're up here and no mm-hmm. one is paying attention if you like your comedy uncensored kind of and anthony style like from the past or patrice www.wtfyvr.com is the website for the podcast uh we just talk about you know pop culture news stuff like that mm-hmm. uh and then there's the comedy ring the comedy ring is the comedy group we have out here we run a lot of the shows out in vancouver if you're ever out here we also do the comedy ring podcast it's more of like a dating and relationship we just kind of take advice and we just talk about dating and relationships from- Excellent. Three guys who really shouldn't be talking about dating and relationships because we have no idea. Mm-hmm. But those things there. And then Ruthless Ravi on everything. You can find me on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, uh, all that stuff. So, all
0: the good stuff. That's me. Well, this was an amazing story. I am sad that we will never get to party as 20 year old people. But I have a good feeling that we'll probably share a drink and share a laugh in person in the future, mainly because you have my weed and mushrooms. (laughs) Yes, I do. I'll I'll
1: get those out to you. I will. I will get those out to you.
0: I'm so excited. (laughs) That was so thoughtful. And I really appreciate you telling the story.
1: Thank you. No worries. Thank you so much for having me on. This is great. Absolutely. Thank you. This is like the first like American thing I've done. So thank you for having me on. This is this is like the Beatles Ed Sullivan moment, you know? Oh, my God. What what an honor to be Ed Ed Sullivan. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes exactly
0: <laughs> well thank you Robbie. i loved having you on
1: thank you rocky i appreciate Thanks.
0: it we'll talk soon
1: bye <laughs>